0: This is Zachary Como, and you're listening to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of My Tech Decisions Podcast. Uh, My name is Zachary Como and I'm your host. This is the fourth episode that I've recorded from my shabby little workstation that I created in my basement. I think it's Friday. Not exactly sure how long I've been working from home, but it feels like at least six months. As much as I want to go out again, see my coworkers, friends, and family, uh, we all need to stay in and help flatten the curve. So if I'm staying at home, and going a teensy bit insane in a process. And if that will help keep people safe, then I'm all for it. Um, As such, uh, video conferencing and collaboration platforms that a lot of us were already using are helping us get our jobs done as we work remotely. But some of those platforms have been in the news for security lapses and some transparency issues. To talk about that is Joel Wallenstrom, CEO of encrypted messaging platform Wicker. He talks about the company's growth, its expansion into the enterprise, and how its secure platform is leading to an uptick in use. Before we get to the interview, here's a quick reminder that you can download and subscribe to the podcast from iTunes and the Google Play Store. Give us some good ratings, leave a comment, and spread the word to your friends in the IT world. Now, here's Joel Wickstrom. You know, thanks for taking some time to talk. I'm sure you guys are getting pretty busy given the work that you guys do. Just quickly, for those that aren't familiar um, with uh, Wicker, can you guys just explain um, the company, how long you guys have been around and what exactly uh, you guys do?
1: Sure. Um, uh, Thanks for asking. Uh, Wicker's been around for a while. In uh, 2014, the company came out with a consumer end-to-end encrypted product. Um, It was built really for journalists and for people working overseas in hostile environments. But in 2016, uh, we decided to make a pivot into enterprise. And so what, you know, no one else has really done this, has taken sort of the end-to-end encrypted strength of personal communications and built enterprise controls and capabilities around it. So that's what we do now mostly. And so, you know, we're really built for large-scale deployments um, for organizations who you know, kind of where security is a huge priority for them. And so mm. that's who we've been working with and who we're servicing now. So, yeah, it is a busy time right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. And why is end-to-end encryption so important uh, in the enterprise? Well, I think in very simple
1: terms, there's an attack vector called uh, man in the middle, or to be more sensitive, I guess, person in the middle attacks. And what that essentially means is when somebody gets into or gets access to unauthorized access to a server, a centralized server. And when you do that, you you know, you know basically get access to all the communications uh, in the past, in the future. You sit in the middle and you get to have access to everything. And so um, with end-to-end encryption, which is, that, that would happen and be more possible in something called client-to-server encryption. So you're only protecting the traffic as it goes to that server. And then you're still putting all your eggs in that singular basket. Uh, with end-to-end encryption you eliminate that big basket there are no there is no one place to get all the eggs uh all the work is done out on the edges and so um you know it just eliminates that attack surface that that in and of itself is kind of the simple description of why end-to-end encryption is so important and so powerful
0: right so i mean you know you know uh the, the story everyone's home working from home so everyone's uh you know, people that aren't familiar with video conferencing platforms like Zoom, WebEx, uh, Teams, etc., are just becoming familiar with it. So now um, we're seeing a lot of headlines about uh, how some of these programs aren't secure or aren't reliable, and uh, some really strange things uh, are happening, especially for educators that, that are trying to use this. Can you just talk about that and you know, kind of maybe highlight um, some of the, some of those uh, more high-profile stories and wh- why we should be paying attention? Sure. To-
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I think there's a use case for everything, uh, mostly, (laughs) I guess. Um, You know, I think today uh, a professor from Princeton came out and said, you know, Zoom is essentially malware. And I I think what that is referencing is the emphasis has been on fun and ease. And so essentially it goes and it installs things that you are not aware of and that maybe haven't been vetted appropriately but it does everything for you. It, it's not too dissimilar to what we saw with WhatsApp um, a few weeks back where, um, you know, if you sent an MP4 on that platform, it would render immediately for you. And that was done. So that was a, you know, an intentional decision because that's what makes platforms fun. And so there's always this struggle between, you know, the easiest, most fun thing to use, um, especially in a time like this where people aren't uh, you know aware and they have to, you know, they would rather have zero clicks or one click to get to a video conference. But when you're doing that, you're giving away a lot of control. And so, um, the real delicate balance has been, you know, most of our customers, you know, zoom was not a, you know, a sane option for them at all. They, you know, they would do the homework and they knew in advance, but they're used you know, their work is a little different than say someone at a school or someone, you know, doing a happy hour or a yoga class or something. So, um, you know, there's this this understanding and, and, you know, we need to be fast, but we also have a real risk profile. And, you know, marrying the two of those is where you end up understanding, you know, what the right solution is for you. Another thing that's going to happen is some people will just choose speed and kind of spit on their risk profile. But that, um, you know, that'll change here soon. And I think people will have the ability to understand that, you know, let's hope not, but there's a chance we're going to be doing this. This could change things for, you know, a pretty long time. And I think remote work will become more of a reality. So there'll be some time to really, you know, check the boxes where I think people were just scrambling. What I really would encourage everyone to do is measure. I mean, I think this is the right way to do this. We have customers who, um, you know, have been on our platform for a while and they use, you know, like our integrations and bots to automate their work processes. It's not just about you know, the video conferencing and the, you know, the rooms that we have in group and individual messaging. Um, but there, you know, the, our customers who automated their processes in, in this secure platform before this problem hit are showing, you know, 85 higher, you know, measurable performance and metrics that show 85% higher performance than the rest of the groups within their organization or enterprise. So, you know, that's the real way to do it these days is to get a DevOps, mo- you know, mindset and measure your efficacy when you hit, when you run into, like, you know, issues like we're running into now.
0: So would you call you guys, uh, would you call Wicker a you know, direct competitor to Zoom? You,
1: you know, um, it's funny because, you know, I've gone to Zoom and other companies and said, I think we're a really good complement to you. You, you know, mm. the, I, I feel like... Um, you know, most of the big players are not about security. They're about market share and fun. And, um, and I, you know, this day was coming. <laughs> it was it wasn't hard for a lot of us to see. And so, you know, when it gets to the point of like our government trying to do remote work and, and vote on things, you know, fun products are not the right products. And so, um, you know, that's, that's just something that we have to reconcile with. And so, you know, to be totally honest, I don't know that any of them, you know, these are all the big players just sort of didn't see money in security. Uh, I think they're seeing it now. So um we'll see, you know, like we'll see some reactions, but what, what we're seeing at a zoom is very interesting because this whole idea of not, you know, no features for 90 days. It reminds me a lot of 2002 when Bill Gates shut down Microsoft for a month. Um And that wasn't because security was important. That was because, enterprise dollars were starting to dry up because they were not secure.
0: Very true. Um, So these issues that are, that are popping up, did we know about these already? They just weren't being exploited to the extent they are now.
1: Well, you know, this is a real big failing of the security industry. We knew about it. It's just like, I think it was hard for people to pay attention to. One of the things that um, especially is inherent to video conferencing is that, you know, in the early two thousands, there were a lot of, companies like my old companies that were testing all of these solutions on behalf of our customers looking for one that was secure. And the reality was was none of them were. And, um, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that video was so heavy, it was just hard to make the product work. So to secure, it was going to add latency that was too much. Um, and so I think, I think the enterprise got very conditioned to say, well, we there are no secure options and you know we're going to tell our people, um, you know, you'll hear CISO say like, "Well, why would anyone ever think Zoom was secure?" That's not that's not anything that we've told them. But when you when you give people permission to use something, I think implicit there is that it is secure. Um, the, the, the good news is, is you know, Moore's laws helped us out, and we have you know higher compute on a, on on endpoints, and we can do a lot of the security that's required for video conferencing now. Um, but it just really requires a totally different architecture. It requires end end encryption and You know, nobody else has really kind of jumped into that space.
0: I'm trying not to pile on Zoom here. Um, It might just be because they're getting the spotlight right now because of their insane usage and and their stock price and all the things that go along with that. Are there any others uh, that are that are seeing some of these issues as well?
1: Well, I mean, everyone is client um, to server encrypted. You know, the WebExes and the Um, teams and the slacks and the, um, you know, ring centrals, you know, they've all specifically, you know, weighed the opportunity to have end to end encryption and decided against it from from a usability on a usability basis, which I think was a valid concern five years ago. I don't think it is now. Um, But, you know, that's an architecture you live with once you build on it. So um, I think everyone has these exact same issues. That's why, you know, uh, realistically you know the, the customers we have have done all that research and you know they, they come to us because they understand the complexities of securing video conferencing and collaboration
0: so what, what are wicker's numbers throughout all of this one through more remote work and two people looking for a more secure option
1: yeah well i don't think we have a whole lot of yoga classes on wicker would be my guess but um well maybe who knows um Privacy, privacy yoga yeah. team, yeah. but um, Yoga's the same you space.
0: know, you don't want people. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah.
1: So we have we have essentially two different products. Um, one is SaaS based, and one is you know we have enterprise clients who deploy in their own environment. And, um, you know, really since this work from home thing, uh, the the SaaS product's up five hundred percent, and the wow. enterprise clients over a thousand. So mm. it's been busy. We're scaling. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh it's a, we offered, um, we increased our free offerings. You know, we're trying to make this not a, we, we don't, we don't want this to be something where we're kind of taking advantage of the moment rather we're, um, yeah. taking the moment and giving people advantages. So, right. um, that's, that's ultimately where our brain is right now is to get people on as fast as possible if they need yeah. it. And, um, we've got a lot of success.
0: So where do you guys see yourselves, um, in the future after, this is over, you know. Maybe having more of, of, a, of a share of that market once people realize that there there are more secure options out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, this certainly has brought the issue into the spotlight, right? And so, um, I, you know, I do think um, what we're already starting to see is we're a couple weeks into this. We're, you know, now we're hearing from our security people that we shouldn't be having, you know corp dev discussions or pre earnings discussions, um, you know, look at what Tesla did. I mean, they just basically said, use your voice. Um, the reality is, is so our biggest customer base are typically people who've never not been in an office, um, Mm -hmm. or at least, you know, big percentage of them are they have very sensitive conversations and they do that with some comfort of proximity and that's been stripped from them. And so, you know, what, what, you know, real privacy does, or, you know, the zero knowledge that we have, and and we can talk about that in a second. Um, It's, it's essentially replicating what would be a face-to-face conversation. So you have that level of security. Um, So we, I I think in a lot of cases we will be the next step. And so we're starting to see that right now where organizations did something fast and sort of rash. Mm -hmm. And now they're looking at this and saying, well, wait a second, we've got some use cases here that, um, that require our level of security. So um, yeah, I I only think it's going to, it's going to grow.
0: You you kind of mentioned that, mentioned that at the top, who are some of your customers and who are some of your new customers? And we can't name names just be vague about what industry they're in, et cetera.
1: Sure. In terms of this whole uh, move into the enterprise, that's a, that's about a year and a couple months old. So last year we were, our, you know, our revenues were split evenly between commercial and federal customers. Mm-hmm. And we're certainly seeing a big uptick on the ladder. That's a, you know, that's a mission critical use case uh, that fits what we do very well. Um, so we're really, you know, buckling down and trying to help. Actually we're being used a lot in sort of the, the front lines of the whole fighting of the virus, which is really cool. And getting a lot of great feedback from the, from the field there. Um, but you know, I, I think in I think in the enterprise, people are basically, you know, saying I, there was a it was, I was there was a conversation that was relayed to me yesterday. It was one of the kind of CISO councils, and um, you know, ultimately the theme of that was everyone's getting their budgets cut and everyone's relaxing their security requirements to just function. And I think the net net was well, there's going to be a lot of instant response work for everyone on the phone.
0: Oh, you yeah, know. But-
1: and so I think that's kind of the, the world we're getting into right now. There's just going to be a lot of um, – it's going to get kind of messy in the enterprise um, just because I think people are forced to take their eye off the ball. But, um, you know, we're trying to give people the option to do something easy to protect the most critical things in their enterprise.
0: Right. Uh, just, just to be clear, uh, Wicker does provide video conferencing, not just like a like – a yeah. crypt-
1: App, yeah we do right? I, I just got off a 50 person video conference on Wicker okay. right before I got on the phone with you so how yeah.
0: many people can um, be on do. Wicker at the same time in,
1: in so we do rooms up to 200 people um, oh, so wow. when I when I say rooms you know the form factor it's you can think of it's very teams or slack-ish in terms of you know the, the type of functionality that exists in it um, and then there's video conferencing and file storage and file transfer um, we do have integrations out like we built a our own integration to Slack. Um, We have people, you know, when I say automating their workflows, you know, these are, this is using sort of, you know, not sort of, it's using bots to essentially, you know, do machine to machine communications that are secure. So it's pretty extensible. Yeah, I talk about end-to-end encryption, but I I just barely mentioned this concept of zero knowledge. The, The real important thing for the layperson to understand is that, when you have an, an encryption or a zero knowledge solution you build it from the start like we did with wicker what that essentially means is that if if the company wicker is breached um not, there, there's no access to to the customer's information mm-hmm. and we don't we don't make that with you know sort of like we promise you or here's an sla we you know we show the math you know so it's mathematically certain the the real thing here is that we have no ability to monetize the data, to mine it, to do anything. So it's a totally different business model. This idea of being zero knowledge. So that's a really important thing for people to think about: is is it you know is is what we're doing does it require eliminating the person providing the service from having access to that information? Um, you know, Snapchat a couple of years was a really good example of that, where the security team there was looking at photos in the product because. You know, our our belief is that when there is access, at some point somebody's going to do something with it, or an adversary will understand how to leverage that access. Right. And so, by eliminating that, um, you know, you just really take a lot of the vulnerabilities off the map. And so that's what we're doing.
0: Yeah, that's that's important for people to know. I mean, uh, yeah, even even Zoom got some some negative press for um, sharing data with Facebook.
1: Yeah, um, I think exactly so.
0: I think especially because it was Facebook.
1: I think it was mostly Facebook. Some of that would be perceived as as maybe somewhat uh, benign, but it still represents this idea of building something kind of the old way, which is all about accessing the data all the time, you know, and right. um, funding your company on the basis of we gather all the information because we'll be able to use it for intelligence or mine it for mm-hmm. for profit. And, you know, we're just flipping that model and saying, you know, we, we don't do that. We have no capability of, of touching it. And that's why it's secure. And that's why, you know, what you need to be secure and private is, I, I like trusting math more than humans configuring machines, I guess is what it right. boils down to.
0: No, yeah, that makes sense. Okay.
1: Uh, all right. Joel, that's, that's Joel,
0: thank, thanks very much, man. I appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate yours as well. Call anytime. Yep. Stay healthy, all stay safe, well. etc. You too. Thanks for listening to another episode of My Tech Decisions Podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you'd like to learn more, head to MyTechDecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at MyTechDecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at Como. Until next time.